The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is up, everybody? Anthony Kazenza here with CincyJungle.com. And this is, of course, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you live Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening for some, a little later than usual for our Happening Headline show as we go around, take a spin around the league, spin around the Cincinnati Bengals and catch you up on all the happenings, whether it's breaking news, whether it's news that's been out there for a day or two and or stuff that's just Going on in the division so you can get caught up and sound like a smarty as you're out there talking with your friends, your coworkers, your colleagues, your fellow Bengal fans. If you want to troll people on Twitter, I don't recommend that. But of course, there are people who, who like to do that. Happy to be with you. And as usual, this show can be found on your favorite audio streamer by subscribing to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Whether that's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones. Our feed is on there, so you got to look for the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. Get it, subscribe, leave us a review as well. That helps us out on a number of different fronts, so we appreciate that. And then, of course, if you like the video style, video platform, you can like the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, give that a thumbs up, or our YouTube channel right down here. There's a little icon down there. Click that, the show icon, to subscribe, and then, of course the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, etc. So let's get going with uh, some news here. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit of schedule release. It's just, it's a couple days away. So we're going to give you all kinds of coverage on Cincy Jungle on that. There's some room, ru- there are some rumors flying out around the Bengals and, you know, what they, what to expect in terms of, of primetime games and whatnot. So We'll see what happens there, but let's kind of get rolling and catch you up on the sights and sounds as Bengals are still doing some workouts, OTAs and whatnot. Uh, we will do catch up on some things in the big news and a pos- some positive news. T Higgins works out without a sling for the recovering shoulder. And this is on CincyJungle.com. I'll full screen that bad boy for you. And I will pin the link for those in the live chats here or afterward if you want to uh, go check out that article, have not had the chance yet. There it is for you. T. Higgins works out without a sling 
for the recovering shoulder. I believe this is on the Bengals Twitter account. Yes, it is. And you see there he is right there in the orange shirt working, getting some workouts. And you see others working hard as well, Jonah Williams and others. So, yeah, uh, T. Higgins, he had that shoulder injury. He got that early in the season, sat out a couple games, played through it, ended up having an outstanding season with the Bengals alongside Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. So um, had what seemed like an offseason procedure. And when we it kind of surprised some of us because he showed up to the Reds opening weekend to throw out the first pitch alongside Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. And he was there in a sling. So that would kind of uh, and Jamar Chase, I believe, was there as well. So that kind of surprised some to see him in that. But it's good to see that he is recovering and he's got it. Uh, got it at least out of the sling and working out with the Bengals there. You like to see that. And so T Higgins back to at least somewhat normalish in terms of working out and all kinds of different stuff. Let's keep it going here to the next article that we want to get to. And this is on some, this is on Cincy jungle as well. Courtesy of Drew Garrison, my colleague over there posting this. This is a we, – we like these rookie puff pieces a little bit, right? And when other other teammates are propping them up, Stanley Morgan Jr. praises Cam Taylor Britt, and they are – they both obviously played together at Nebraska. Uh, Morgan becoming a quiet – quietly valuable guy with the Cincinnati Bengals has, uh, has recently spoken up about Cam Taylor Britt and his impact here, and it was with Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. Uh, I called him the energizer bunny was the quote from Morgan. He's a hard worker. He's always been that way. We'll get an energetic, humble beast. And here you go here, going down to the quote here. When it, when he was playing receiver at Nebraska, I always tried to go against him. And this is uh, Taylor Britt talking about uh, going the other way there, I believe. I always tried to go against him just being the competitor that I am. I promise you that if you ask him to do an interview, he'll tell you that I was always the first one to try and knock out Stanley Morgan just because he was a superstar on the team. I just had to solidify myself and show that this freshman wasn't afraid to come in and work. And he gained a lot of respect in that Cornhuskers team. Obviously, Stanley Morgan had some for for him there. And so you you like to see this. And if you have not, or maybe you have seen clips, film, extensive or otherwise on Taylor Britt, that Energizer Bunny, that high energy level of play, it, it, that definitely shines through on the film for sure. And even if he's beat on a play, his recovery speed is very nice and he will get back in the mix, make a play. He's physical. He's got high, high effort and a lot of things you like out out of the guy. So um, and then, of course, the athletic traits with it. So Stanley Morgan, obviously very high on his former teammate on Nebraska, now current teammate with the Bengals. And so more the Bengals are getting more and more props on their undrafted free agents and or draft picks themselves. Here is an article on Cincy Jungle relaying this one here about a specific undrafted free agent um, that – is, is the title notes, Bengals are praised for great undrafted free agent signing who is an even better person. Now, who might this be, you ask? Well, you can see here, Good Morning Football talked about a, a bunch of different players, but this one here is from Pitt, the long snapper Cal Adamitis, potential heir apparent to Thor on the Bengals right now, Clark Harris. And the quote here 
is he played at Pittsburgh. He's one of the leaders of the entire program. Last year, he cut off his hair and raised 117000 for pediatric cancer research. That's awesome. He is one of those guys who profiles as a future Walter Payton Man of the Year candidate. Really cool and a story you don't normally readily hear about a lot of players at the undrafted free agent ranks, particularly when they are a rookie just coming into to the picture here. Cal Adamitis from Pitt. Um, one of those guys that Zach Taylor and his entire staff targets to bring into the locker room, whether he is going to take that long snapper position this year or whenever, um, having a guy that has this kind of background raising over $100,000 for pediatric cancer research and was a leader of his football team, you got to like that. And that is most definitely a theme for Zach Taylor and his locker room and the players that they bring in on a lot of different fronts. So Cal Adamitis, a player to watch. Now this is courtesy of our friends, Daddio. I don't know if they're, they might be recording tonight. Daddio Hoji and, and my co-host John Sheeran. I don't know if they're recording live tonight or not, but uh, if so, I hope they are doing well. Their show can be found on the Believe Podcast Network, but also on CincyJungle.com. Great guys. Entertaining show, to say the very least. But this article here, while it talks about the um, – obviously, it gives you the, the media for the show and whatnot. But here is the the article titled, Bengals Experience Frustration During the Draft as Their Board Was Picked Repeatedly. John Sheeran and myself also talked about this on our show where we last week where we thought, you know, there were a number of guys the Bengals potentially targeted, whether – I tend to think it was maybe on the offensive side of the ball because they went so light in this draft on that front. And they probably saw a run in the second round, wherein a lot of corners were being picked all of a sudden, a lot of different players were being picked. And they said, we got to get some of these guys here right now. Um, They got to, you know, and they felt that they needed to move up in, in particular for two defensive backs. But, you know, you look at the first round as well. Um, you know, was the, uh, was George Karloftis, the edge player out of Purdue, was he tar- their target and went one pick earlier, you know, who knows, uh, you know, was an offensive lineman earlier in the mix, but there was a run on those, especially in that first round, there was a ton of offensive linemen that went in that first round, who knows, but uh, you, you tend to think that the Bengals were kind of going for the most part, best player available, obviously trying to address some needs as well, but um, you know, you would you would look at that and say, man, they just uh, there was some run on positions and in certain players wherein they felt like, hey, we got to we got to make a move here. And they did the rare move up uh, and they did it twice in this year's class. So uh, go ch- check out that one from on Cincy Jungle and from Daddy Ohoji DNH Sports. Um, go go check that out. This is from our buddy Chris Rolling over at Bengals Wire here. Um, the, the Bengals definitely wanted corners. And I will say this, if you have not seen the tweet video of it, I think it's a ways back on my account. If you follow me at CJ Anthony CUI, this is an article here relayed by Bengals wire, Chris rolling USA today. Here's the link to that there. Bengals liked Kair Elim in round one and the medicals kept them from taking Andrew Booth. Um, in round one, maybe if he fell to the to the spot that uh, Taylor Britt fell in the second round, maybe that's where they would have gone uh, because the Bengals did bring in Booth for a pre-draft visit or they had pre-draft interest 
in Booth, if you remember that. Uh, Clemson, another really active, high-effort corner. Um, so, you know, they liked him. Elam, if you have not gone back, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, if you have not, uh, even if you don't, um, please do. But even if you don't, you can go back and check the videos. Uh, there was I had some conversations uh, with Joel Klatt of Fox Sports uh, in particular, but also Daniel Jeremiah and others. But Joel Klatt really pegged Elam to be the guy that the Bengals were going to get. The size, the speed, the athleticism. Yeah, there was the dip in production this last year. But so at any rate, this was a guy that Joel Klatt thought the Bengals were going to be all over. And this this report corroborates it here um, going, going forward here. And you can see here it's Jeremy Fowler of ESPN saying the Bengals would have uh, gone with Kair Elam and the medicals on Clemson cornerback. Andrew Booth Jr. kept him away. What I was referencing earlier, by the way, there is a video out there of Kair Elam interviewing in a room full of Buffalo Bills where he ended up going. Buffalo Bills coaches and executives, and he absolutely nailed this interview from this little clip that they shared. I would uh, encourage you to go go check that out. It was, you know, I think it's a 40-second video or something like that. Highly entertaining and highly um Highly impressive, really, from from the young man. But, quote, Cincinnati was pretty set on defensive back in round one and would have strongly considered cornerback Kair Elam had he dropped to number 31. But the Bengals largely didn't expect that. Some in Cincinnati's building also really liked Andrew Booth Jr., but his medical profile was an issue and it likely played a big part in his fall to the second round. Joel Klatt also noted Booth in our conversation. Go back and check out those videos if you would. Um, they are primarily audio so you can you can just get the audio there on the day two reactions audio clip that we have on our podcast channel on the audio side. Those um, I, I pinned all of those audio pieces in there. Interview with Trey Wingo, interview with David Shaw, interview with Joel Clad, etc. Those are all in 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 that episode of, of day one reactions, day two preview. You can go back and check that out. Um, but otherwise, they all are on separate videos on our YouTube channel, most of which are audio. The Trey Wingo is audio and video, so uh, enjoy that if you haven't checked that out. That was a lot of fun talking with all the, all that all that crew over there in Las Vegas leading up to the draft, and hopefully you enjoyed it as well. More draft hype for the Bengals picks here, and this again is from Chris Rowling, Bengals Wire, uh, relaying this information to us. We got to try and get Chris on this show. He, he does an awesome job over at Bengals Wire. Uh, you can see here Dan Graziano of ESPN named first round pick Daxton Hill. This was the article, by the way. Dax, Bengals Dax Hill was the best pick of the draft, says one insider. And that is Dan Graziano named first round pick Daxton Hill as his favorite pick in the draft. Safety Daxton Hill to the Bengals at number 31. Look, my answer is probably Hamilton, meaning Kyle Hamilton and the Ravens, but I have to think he's going to be a popular one. So let's pivot here and highlight what I thought was a really smart value pick by the defending AFC champs. The Bengals see Hill as a Swiss Army knife type of defensive back. Does that sound familiar? We've we've labeled him as that on this show. Who could play safety, slot corner, and basically whatever else they need him to do in their secondary. They hit the offensive line hard in free agency as they should have, but they had some holes to fill on defense too. Hill can help them fill whatever those turn out to be. And he's not a bad leverage play for the team in case Jesse Bates' contract dispute continues to linger. And more on that in one second as well. But 
one ESPN insider says that Daxton Hill was his favorite pick of the entire NFL draft. Daxton Hill to the Bengals. Like that one the most. Got to like that. Now, we don't I, – I probably should reference this a bit more, but uh, I have not done a – as as well of a job as I probably should, referencing Local 12, the local Cincinnati media outlet, the TV station here. And, of course, Richard uh, Skinner does a great job covering the Bengals as well for the station. But here you see DJ Reader saw the business side of football affect friend Larry Ogunjobi. More on that in a second as well. And now trying to help Jesse Bates. Now, obviously – um reader has and I'll, I'll pin this article for everybody here as well in the live chats obviously reader was a free agent a couple of years ago and was a highly sought after one was a very well paid one by the Bengals and has been a big impact player particularly last year when he had a full healthy season but you see here uh Ogunjobi had such a successful season with the Bengals that he was going to get paid big money as a free agent after the season uh which he did until he didn't, referencing the Bears contract, and that Paul hangs over Jesse Bates' contract situation. So um, when you look here, it's a very, very unfortunate situation, said DJ Reader via Richard Skinner of Local 12, who will begin his third season with the Bengals in 22. It is one of those situations you feel like your life is going to change, and boy, does your life change. We pray together. We talk to each other. He knows I always have his back. I'm just praying for him. I've always had his back. I've watched him grow as a player. It's very unfortunate the situation happened when I saw it. It really pissed me off, but I can't comment on it. Uh, and here you go about another quote about the NFL, free agency, et cetera. The Bengals, the, I'm sorry, the business is cutthroat and not everybody goes about handling business the same way. You got to take that into perspective at all times. Unfortunately, that's the way they handled it. That's life-changing money. And for that to be snatched away, it's rough. I think that's in reference to the Bears taking away the contract after Ogunjobi failed that physical. Um, and then obviously he's saying he's you're not going to break someone like that. He's in high spirits. And then here it is to Jesse. I talked to Jesse twice, three times per week, said Reader. He's just staying true to himself. I understand the situation. I understand what's going on. Um, that's my dog. Uh, let's keep he's put in the work. And those fruits are going to come, whether that's here or somewhere else. I would love him to be here. I don't want him anywhere else, but I know his hard work is always going to pay off. Um, so he is talking with Jesse Bates. You can get the full quotes, full story in the link that I provided there. But DJ Reader kind of being a sounding board and or a, a mentor of so sorts to Larry Ogunjobi, Jesse Bates, as, as particularly as it goes to navigating potential free agency waters. Um, obviously, Ogunjobi and he got close being defensive, interior defensive line mates last year and both played very well for the Bengals. So there is, uh, you know, a lot of camaraderie and interaction and a lot of different respects here. Uh, so that is a little bit of some of the inside scoop and DJ reader kind of, he has all of a sudden become quite the uh, quote machine um, with, for the Bengals. He, when he talks, he's not the guy that gets in front of the mic and speaks a, a ton, but when he does, he says some really interesting things, some really insightful things. And, uh, a guy that just is, is really easily, uh, up there in terms of favorite Bengals players for a lot of different folks that root for the team, follow the team, et cetera. So, uh, go check out that article. There are a lot of good nuggets from Richard Skinner there. Now here is one, another one we're, we're kind of hitting the bases here. 
Here is one from Kelsey Conway of the Cincinnati Inquirer here. Bengals tackle Jonah Williams didn't mince words about protecting Joe Burrow. And I will pin this as well so you can go give this a click in the live chats. And this is uh, really interesting stuff. we got to try and get Miss Conway on the show as well. We, we've had uh, Charlie Goldsmith on here. we, we got to get her on here too. Um, but here is the quote. We didn't play well enough, Jonah Williams said. I think that's obvious when you look at the stats and look at the outcome of the game, obviously referencing the Super Bowl. I think everyone in the locker room understands that. We know we want to get to that stage again, and we want to perform a lot better the next time that we are there. So that's our goal. That's what we're working towards. Um, and then it talks about, you know, the sacks and whatnot that that um, the Bengals have, uh, the Bengals led up last year in terms of Joe Burrow. Quote, this is from Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator. I can't wait to see what our line looks like this year compared to what we've had in the past. And we can talk about Joe Burrow, and I'll just say this. I've, I've said this a couple times. We can talk about Joe Burrow. We can talk about the impact, the obvious impact that these offensive line signings will have or ha- will have on the Bengals' um, offensive performance and whatnot. But keep an eye on Joe Mixon because think back to the offensive lines that Joe Mixon has had to run behind. Think back to the one last year, the patchwork line last year, and look at the stats that he put up behind that line. Go back to the early parts of his careers, and you're going to see Clint Bowling as your top offensive lineman. You've got Alex Redman in there. You've got all kinds of different players in those offensive lines. So now, after three new starters have been added in free agency, potentially another in the draft in Cordell Volson, you got to think that, yeah, Joe Burrow and the passing offense is really going to light it up, but keep an eye on Joe Mixon as well. He's got to be pretty pleased at all of the additions that the Bengals uh, have made on the offensive line. Here, now we can talk about a number of different items for this. I just want to mostly promote, this is a, this is a good piece on Bengals.com from Jeff uh, Hobson and talking about the schedule, schedule release. Now, I, I, I thought about pinning some of these tweets from an account out there on Twitter that I think it's schedule leaks or something like that. You can go check it out. They've the reason why is I've seen some conflicting things with, as it goes with the Bengals and some of the stuff that they are reporting, but they have reported I believe as of today that the Bengals potentially are going to have that midday Thanksgiving game in Dallas on Thanksgiving. We'll see if that happens. Bengals playing on Thanksgiving would be a new one. Uh, I, I think they played on, on Thanksgiving night or maybe Christmas night against the Jets in 09 or 010, uh, 2010, something like that. Um, so it's, uh, you know, playing on actual holiday evenings is not uh, something that uh, we're overly accustomed to, I guess. But that is potentially a game. And that game would be, I would assume, even if the Bengals, uh, whatever their fan market is at this point, I mean, that that game is widely, widely viewed. Um, and you know, of course the Bengals coming off the Super Bowl appearance, they're going to intrigue a lot of other just kind of casual NFL fans. And then you've got the Dallas Cowboys, you've got the Thanksgiving football thing that would bring in a lot of views, I would think. So interesting situation if that comes about. And then of course, um, let me actually reshare the, the Hobson piece here so we can take a look at that. But the, the other thing that we've heard, we've heard conflicting things about, Week one with the Cincinnati Bengals, there was a leak out that said they were going to host the Cleveland Browns at a uh, 1 p.m. Eastern start. And then, of course, there was another that came out that they were I think they were going to play the Ravens on a Sunday night football slate in week one. So we'll have to see exactly what happens there. But 
a good article here by um, by Jeff Hobson and, of course, the NFL's vice president for broadcasting, planning, and scheduling. Um, he says, if I had to bet right now, this is the quote, I would expect the maximum number of primetime games for the Bengals. I'd expect them to be on five times with any combination of Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night games. So that is a little bit of a bittersweet pill to swallow, I think, for Bengals fans. Now we have moved in the Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor era. We have moved out of the Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer, Marvin Lewis struggle on primetime narrative a little bit. But the Bengals haven't had a ton of primetime opportunities under Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow in general. Um, really most of them came in, in the postseason this last year. And so, you know, you look at that and you go, okay, what, what does the future potentially hold with five, four, five primetime games? And someone had asked earlier, do I expect that? Yes. I expect the Bengals to be very close to four or five primetime games, not only because of what they did last year and the star power that they have on their roster, but look at some of the teams they play this year. Tennessee Titans, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, those two teams, of course. Cleveland, I know they had a down year last year, but they'll still probably be pretty competitive. And then, of course, the Chiefs, the Bills. I mean, so there are a lot of other teams who are very, very good that are that they're slated to play that would bring a lot of intriguing matchups. What I'm wondering, and this wasn't on that schedule leak Twitter account, but I am wondering if the Bengals would have – the, the opening Thursday night contest to open the season. Um, I don't know if that's going to, if that would take place or not. There's usually, you know, either a Super Bowl runner up or some sort of conference champion, or maybe even the Super Bowl champion. And it's usually a really high profile matchup. So I'm curious to see if the Bengals get that one slated. We'll see it. We'll see in a couple of days here, but I would definitely expect there was a question in here. Do I expect the Bengals to get, you know, four or five playoff uh, postseason, <laughs> four or five primetime games, hopefully another four postseason games. But um, yes, I, I would expect that the Bengals would be up there, not only because of what they did last year, who they have on their roster, but who they also play on their schedule. There's a lot of star power on their schedule too. So we will see what happens. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to share this one here. Uh, this is from our guy, Jeff Trenopole. I don't know if he's tuning in live or not. He, he tunes in live here. And there's also known as Mr. Strawberry Ice, the Iceman, been on his show and he's he's – uh, an entertaining guy, great host. And here is a Twitter account video. This is apparently the uh, let's let's redo this here. This is the site. Apparently he walked by and saw the site of where the practice bubble construction is being done for the Bengals. And uh, as you know, the, the, the practice bubble has been uh, uh, just a real quick slate of news Uh Katie Blackburn talked about it at the owners' meetings a couple months ago. They're going to build a temporary facility, and then they are in the works, apparently, for a permanent facility. But this is a little bit of a sneak peek. Got a lot of run here. I think it's he's got over 1,000 likes on the bad boy. So props to Jeff for, for getting this one there. But in case you had not seen it, that is what's going on with the practice bubble, and the Bengals are working on that. So um, go uh, if you're in Cincinnati, you can go check out where that is and, and see that. But the Bengals – they just keep charging forward and and acting acting like the champs that they were last year, right? I mean, they just are doing all the right things and between, you know, engaging the fan base, between doing the Ring of Honor and now finally getting this practice bubble, just doing all kinds of things that continue to excite the fan base, continue to excite the players, really. So um, good on them. And uh, thanks, Jeff. Go check out his uh, podcast, Cincinnati Sports with Strawberry Ice. I've been on that. John Sheeran's been on that. Other Cincy Jungle members have been on that and all kinds of other media members and whatnot have been on that show. A lot of fun and a, a great guy. And you can also catch him at, uh, I think he's a season ticket holder. So uh, in that wild season ticket section, you can go check him out um, out there. He goes to the games there. But I mentioned DJ Reader and others earlier. Here is one from Adam Schefter as we continue on here. Former Bengals defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi spent the past two days visiting with the New York Jets. What is with the New York AFC teams and Cincinnati Bengals players? What is with it? I don't I don't get it. Um, but at any rate, Ogunjobi, good to see that he may be getting another shot at a contract. I know a lot of us would like to see him, um, given that the Bengals did draft a, you know an intriguing and exciting player in Zachary Carter in the third round, but they did wait a little longer than maybe some people thought they would. And this is a guy that Ogunjobi just had a really nice year with the Bengals last year on a rental deal. So maybe this is an opportunity for him. Obviously, the Jets grabbed C.J. Uzama, grabbed a couple of other, I think that one or two more tight ends in the in the draft there that maybe the Bengals were targeting. So here you go. Ogunjobi spent the last two days visiting the Jets. We'll see what happens there. But um, Larry O, I think the Bengals were maybe keeping tabs on stuff, but they were probably not going to you know, put out a big deal on the table for him based on that injury he suffered. So we'll see what happens. But Larry O has been visiting with the Jets the last two days. We'll see if they, um, you know, offer him a contract. And obviously if there is the, we'll see, we'll see what that is. And, you know, if he, if he passes a physical and all of that, Uh, Hey, I got to pin this and I don't mean to be self-serving. I just appreciate that, that comment Homer. That is uh Homer Harold jr. On the Facebook chat. Give me a, a nice compliment. I just, I have fun doing it. Labor of love, my friend. So I appreciate the compliment and I appreciate all of you who tune in live, of course. 
and who tune in after the fact, whether it's on the video side or audio side. Thank you. I appreciate it. Labor of love, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. I love it. Thank you. All right. And of course, before we transition to the rest of the AFC North, we would be remiss if we did not wish the coach, Coach Taylor, happy birthday. Happy birthday, coach. It is today, May 10th. So happy birthday to the coach who has done quite the job of re reinvigorating this team, reinvigorating where we're at and with, with the Bengals and, you know, obviously bringing us an exciting year. He told us to trust the process and it was hard to do so, but patience is a virtue as they say, and uh, it paid off. So um, happy birthday, coach Taylor, of course, the, the other great coach Taylor, the other being of course in Friday night lights. So um, at any rate, uh, happy birthday, coach Zach Taylor. Hope you have a good birthday. Uh, let's see. Let's continue on with the AFC North and we'll spin around the division here. A couple of different moves. The Ravens sign veteran running back Mike Davis. They are trying to do some things in their backfield and they want to run the ball. They want to have short controlled passing as evidenced by all of the tight end pickups that they made. But Mike Davis one-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens. He was recently released by the Atlanta Falcons at 503 yards and uh, on the ground and 259 receiving yards last year. And then, of course, they get J.K. Dobbins back, who missed last year, and Gus Edwards, who missed last year as well. And so he, you know, as those guys come back and rehab, uh, you know, they Davis helps them out and a lot of different fronts there. And a guy who had a little bit of production with the Falcons last year, albeit a pretty miserable year for the Falcons for the most part. Now this one is, it's slightly outdated, but I think the interest is still there. This was from a few days ago and this is on Baltimore Beatdown. I will pin this. The other one, by the way, was on BaltimoreRavens.com. This is on Baltimore Beatdown, which is the Baltimore Ravens site within the SB Nation network. Ravens reportedly interested in signing wide receiver Jarvis Landry. So they went light at wide receiver in the draft. They they had Rashad Bateman last year. They traded away Hollywood Brown during the draft this year to the Cardinals. So here you go. They might be interested in signing Jarvis Landry, who is a little bit more of the possession receiver type and not so much the deep threat type. So we'll see here. And this is from Dove Kleiman at NFL underscore Dove Kleiman. The Ravens are interested in signing former Browns and Dolphins possession receiver Jarvis Landry. Um, we will see exactly what, what happens here. Uh, 29-year-old, obviously Landry, talented guy, has had some good accolades and whatnot. So you got to like that for them. Uh, if you are a Ravens fan, that would be a, a decent move for them. And obviously would kind of play into their strengths a little bit. I think they're trying to shorten the field, it would seem, for Lamar Jackson. Let him do you know, what he did a few years ago with his legs and whatnot. And so let's see, uh, let's see what happens, especially with the tight ends they've brought in, but I don't know. Now, (laughs) this is a good segue into the Cleveland Browns here because this is from dogs by nature. The SB nation Cleveland Brown site. And I'll pin this in the live chats here. Does the door remain even remotely cracked on a Jarvis Landry return? And this is from Thomas Moore on dogs by nature. And you can see here 
Um, you see Pat, Pat McAfee here. This is a great wide receiver market for the Packers. And I think they're going to be involved for Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, and OBJ. That's Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show. But, and here's another little tidbit here. The Browns reportedly offered the veteran wide receiver a one-year deal that he rejected, but the money is drying up across the league for a better deal. You've also got Will Fuller. We'll see what happens. And if you didn't catch our episode last week, we did kind of a, a post-draft free agency profile on Will Fuller. Maybe he's a guy who would come in as wide receiver four for the Bengals, but still have a decent role with them. Obviously a lot of questions with Fuller, but speed and brings a little bit of some elements that they didn't have behind the big three last year in terms of that speed and, and game stretching ability, maybe a little bit of return ability as well. But at any rate, there are some big names out here. Landry, Julio Jones, OBJ, and Will Fuller are the biggest. We'll see where Jarvis Landry goes. But the Browns did extend a one-year offer at some point to Jarvis Landry. And then the Ravens expressed some interest a few days ago in Jarvis Landry. We'll see what happens there. But a guy whose services will definitely be wanted around the league from a number of different teams. Now, and this is... We talked about Cal Adamitis for the Bengals, the undrafted long snapper. This is on clevelandbrowns.com. And this is Browns eager to see special teams improvements after big offseason additions. I believe it was the fourth round pick, the kicker out of LSU, and then they brought in a new punter. I mean, they revamped the whole deal. Um, And you can see here Charlie Hewlett, I guess, is the, um, the lone mainstay at long snapper. But you've got Cade York, who I mentioned, the LSU kicker, drafted in the fourth round. Corey Bojorquez, hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, and he was the former punter of the Green Bay Packers. And then Jakeem Grant, a guy who was a Pro Bowl returner in 21. So they are trying to get some help for sure and shore up long-term their special teams and I if I remember correctly the Browns kicking situation was a bit of a mess because of injuries and other stuff over the last year maybe even longer than that so they are really obviously tying their wagons to Cade York guess who saw Evan McPherson up close often last year it's so funny isn't it it's so funny how much these teams saw what the Bengals did last year kicker with a big leg ice in his veins let's let's use a day three pick why not Let's load up on wide receiver options. Let's load up on tight end options. Let's give our quarterback a ton of different weapons. Funny how that works, isn't it? And there's not talk of reaching or any of that stuff uh, with these other teams as there was with the, and granted, not everybody used the number five overall pick on a wide receiver like the Bengals did last year in Jamar Chase, but still the narrative is a little different this year based on what the Bengals did this year and how teams are attempting to emulate their their success. So even within the division, you're starting to see it. Here is an article from Steelers.com. Man, it, it's painful writing in that URL sometimes. I got to tell you. Pickens brings finesse and physicality, meaning George Pickens, the Steelers' second-round pick, a guy who has not shied away with being physical on the field. And there is a viral video out there Quite, I think I said it last week. It's kind of honestly ridiculous. It's like a 35-second video. And in the 35-second video, I would say there's probably a dozen highlights. One of the dozen highlights is a catch. And that catch is questionable. He might have been out of bounds making the catch. It was a nice-looking catch, but he might have been out of bounds making the catch. The rest of them 
was picking fights or pushing defensive backs when they either weren't looking, weren't expecting it, what have you. So expect this guy to, yeah, make some plays on the field. He's a really talented kid, but expect him to try and embrace some of the things that the Steelers like to embrace, which is, you know, talking on the field and a little extracurricular after the whistle, trying to get flags out of other, uh, uh, out of the other team, expect it. And here you go. Here's the quote from Pickens himself. Everything was spinning, still spinning a little bit, but I am ready to play. I am really ready to play. I'm so glad to be here and be a part of the team. After the emotions of draft day get going, you just wish you could play right now. But in reality, I have to wait, figure out the team, the staff, take my time. It was wow. Really the craziest thing to see on television. Um, And he goes on talking about being there with his family. Now let's get started. An intense guy, a guy who, again, has a lot of talent. The thing is, there's a lot of questions about how did he interview with a lot of teams? Did he, you know, obviously some of the stuff on the field where he's physical and kind of fighting with with players a lot on the field, you know, that scares some teams off in terms of potential personal foul issues and whatnot. We'll see. You know, the Steelers do have some talent there. They've also, they've got really talented wide receivers, but each one of them seemed to have some questions. Deontay Johnson, really talented, had some issues with drops and hands. Chase Claypool, a guy, is he a little bit of a one-trick pony? Last year had some issues with drops and whatnot. Incredibly athletic, big guy, and has put up stats in his couple of years in the league. But, you know, some questions there. And now you've got Pickens, another really, really, talented kid but you know you've got some of these other extracurricular stuff in terms of on the field kind of behaviors that you know you kind of go okay so a lot of talent and some questions also with with the receiver group on on the Steelers there but they have done what they can you know Najee uh Najee Harris and and others uh going and then the trio of wide receivers I said so you know they're trying to to make their own mark uh, with with talented offensive players, they need to figure out their quarterback position. They drafted Pickett, brought in Trubisky. We'll see what happens there. This is from behind the steel curtain again, the SB Nation Steelers website. And this is Steelers make some roster moves to get to the 90-man offseason roster limit. What those were, they waived long snapper Rex Sunahara and linebacker to Gray Scales. And they also waived uh, Isaiah Johnson, cornerback. Um, so those are some moves that they have made to get to 90 players. And so um, Isaiah Johnson was was waived with an injury designation there. So they made some moves on some players. And we'll, we'll see what happens there as they get to and through potentially the summer and obviously this year. Really – interesting team to watch because I, you know, you look at what they were last year and they still made the postseason. I mean, they, they ended up having uh, put up a fight initially in that game against Kansas city, but then they were, you know, Kansas city ran away with it, but um going to have to see exactly what this Steelers team can do. They're always in it and their coach always have, has them in it regardless of who's there, who's not there, that sort of thing. So, we're going to close up shop in just a couple minutes here. Here are some league-wide stories, news, tidbits, et cetera, from NFL.com and CBS Sports. So here, this is a just a fun article here from Jim Trotter, who has covered the league and has done so for a long, uh, done so well for a very long time. 
32 NFL teams, 32 people to root for, from Lamar Jackson to Levy Smith to Laura Fryer and beyond. And if you go here, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, you got Calvin Beecham with the Cardinals, Drake London, I'm partial to him, with the Falcons, Lamar Jackson, as he mentioned, Stephon Diggs with the Bills, Sam Darnold with the Panthers, Justin Fields with the Bears. And for the Bengals, he designates Jesse Bates. And he writes, the soft-spoken team captain was a quiet leader through lean years, but has yet to receive the lucrative multi-year extension he desires. Here's hoping he has a big year playing on the franchise tag, then cashes in with the Bengals or someone else. And then, of course, with the Browns, he's got Amari Cooper there. So interesting article there and kind of a fun one, just saying, you know, keeping an eye on a lot of different players around the league and saying, hey, you know, who should you be rooting for? Who, uh, who should you be keeping an eye on in a lot of different ways? And some of the players are you know, you want to root for them for a variety of reasons. I just want to bring this back up. I feel like I've pinned this about 10 times since before March. Greg Rosenthal's top 101 NFL free agents of 22. And the reason why is look who's been added to it. James Bradbury, cornerback. Now, uh, my colleague Drew Garrison on Twitter says he's got kind of a, a connection, kind of a, uh, like a two degrees of separation, so to speak, from uh, James Bradbury. And apparently the Bengals had tried to trade before the draft for Bradbury in some capacity. The deal couldn't be worked out. And then the Bengals went really heavy on defensive back or at defensive back in the draft. So we'll see if Bradbury's still in their plans. Obviously a guy who's talented. He's uh, got good size and whatnot. And he is the highest ranked available defensive player on, on Greg Rosenthal's list of available free agents. So the reason I'm pinning that again is because James Bradbury has now been added to that list in terms of a guy that uh, is an available free agent. So um, we'll see exactly what the Bengals had in terms of interest and whatnot, but uh, a guy I, I, I tend to believe my colleague drew Garrison in that, you know, it seems like a player they would have maybe thought about and, you know, again, how they approach the draft. They don't like to have a lot of glaring needs, so, you know, obviously boundary corner, it was one that they really wanted to address early. So, you know, maybe that's maybe that's one they were thinking of. Here is some big news that came out from a one of the biggest player in the league, Tom Brady. He is going to join Fox Sports as a lead NFL analyst upon retirement. When that may be, I don't know. But I think this is upwards of close to 400 million in terms of the contract amount. Uh, yeah, 10 years, $375 million. That is the, the report. When he hangs it up, we'll see. I don't know. He almost did this year. He briefly did this year, and then he came back. So he will call games with play-by-play announcer Kevin Burkhart. That is the plan. And so he just can't stay away. It will be right upon re- uh, retirement. He's going to call the games with Kevin Burkhart. And that uh, Kevin Burkhart now moves into their main play-by-play role, I believe, with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck moving on from Fox. So um, we will see exactly what what goes on here. But uh, Tom Brady, he's going to be in the booth. Kind of interesting because you've got the Manning cast, right? I I assume that's going to continue and whatnot. A very entertaining way to watch Monday Night Football. And then, of course, you've now got uh, Brady in the mix calling some games there. So we'll see. Let's just keep it rolling. Speaking of Patriots or former Patriots, that is Sony Michelle running back most recently with the Rams. He signs with the Dolphins and man, the Dolphins are loading up. Are they not at the offensive skill positions? Sony Michelle, 
they they had Waddle and they brought in Tyree Kill. Seki's there, and now it's all on Tua. So a lot, a lot of offensive talent there. Sony Michelle signing with the Dolphins per NFL.com. And we will end with this one from CBS Sports. And I believe this is from Jason Locke and Fora. Playoff predictions for the 22 season. We're going to end with some fun news, a fun prognostication here. And I will put this in the live chat from CBS Sports. There you go. AFC divisions, the East. He's got the Bills winning that one. He's got the Colts winning that one in the South. And he's got the Bengals winning the North. This was no fluke. This team is loaded, and it's going to be a problem for a long time. I love what they did to bolster the defense in the draft and what they did to buttress the offensive line and free agency. They return more than enough of last year's cast, much of which is still just scratching the surface of their prime. They will be a hot ticket for the first time in a long time, too, with the Jungle Prime to be a tougher place for opponents to play. So he's got the Bengals coming back. Uh, he's got the a lot of the AFC West being the wild cards and, and then also the Ravens shoring up that final new, still sort of new wild card spot there. So he's got a lot of AFC West teams, three AFC West teams making it, and two AFC North teams being the Bengals and the Ravens making it with the Bengals repeating as division champs from Jason Lock and Four at CBS Sports. So enjoy that. You can check out the full article and uh, fun run down there. Obviously, this is kind of the talk at this point in the NFL calendar until, of course, we start getting more and more heavy with training camp and practices, preseason games, the whole thing. Nevertheless, we've got you covered at CincyJungle.com with your news, opinions, analysis, all of that. And, of course, here on the Orange and Black Insider, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network, you can get the podcast by subscribing to it on your favorite audio platform, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. I mention it all the time. Go subscribe. Leave us a review. If you like the videos, you got to like the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. Give that a thumbs up. Or, of course, uh, right down here, click that show icon for the OBI show icon, subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, go catch up on some of that draft stuff. If you didn't listen to the Trey Wingo interview, a lot of fun. That was like 15 minutes of just chatting about the NFL, the Bengals, all kinds of different stuff. And then of course some stuff, especially as you look back to who the Bengals picked, when you look back to Joel Klatt, Daniel Jeremiah, David Shaw. I mean, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff there that especially as you look back in retrospect. So go check that out. And the audio is in the day one reactions, day two preview uh, episode there. So you can catch that there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We got to a lot here. Tried to get it in a little bit quicker fashion than usual. But thank you. We'll be back tomorrow. John Sharon and myself talking some more Cincinnati Bengals. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. And hey, we'll see you soon.